today we're going to go right to the top of the tree. We're talking to Bernard Hickey, who is the president of the New Zealand Thoroughbred Race Horse Owners Association, because I thought it was an interesting opportunity to try and get, I guess, a read of the room on how the owners have uh, digested what we heard on Thursday around stakes increases, and it's been a long time coming, and it's come with this entain windfall. So it's a good morning to you, Bernard. How are you doing? Yes, good morning, Louis and Matt, and, and listeners. Now, Thursday's announcement, I guess, give me your uh, reaction, give me your initial headline view of what we heard from Cam George and Bruce Sharrick, and uh, I guess, from an owner's association point of view, are you happy? Um, yes, I'd say that um, a lot of some owners will be happy. There will be a lot who um, will feel that it wasn't enough at the bottom end. Um, personally, myself, I'm still coming to grips with the document. Um, I will have a better opportunity to discuss this paper with Bruce on Sunday as the Owners' Federation are holding a workshop in Ellerslie to look at our future and our direction. So Bruce is coming along to uh, address us at the start and we'll be able to ask questions of him more in depth. But, you know, I've read the document three times. Um, there's a bit of conjecture in some areas whether the South Island is getting a fair share, but um, when I look at the um, document a third time, um, it, the, the, you can't go off the statistics or the percentages. Uh, they're probably a bit screwed with these new innovative races, and which the majority of the big ones are in the north, so that will screw the figures a wee bit. But overall, um, you know, in Tain, uh, we've we had to partner the TAB situation. We didn't do that. We all know that the industry was in dire straits and on the brink of insolvency. So, you know, there's a pathway here now for um, New Zealand fireboat racing. I agree with what Cameron said the other day. Um, we've got five years. Uh, we know what our um, stakes will be and what's going to be injected. Um, it's going to be a tough five years for the board of fireboat racing. They're going to have to get it right, not just in terms of stakes and, and things, but the infrastructure, welfare and clubs and including ourselves, the Agnes Federation, the breeders and the trainers are all going to have to come together and ensure that what we've got in this pot of gold going forth, uh, we maximise it for the benefit of owners. But like I said, some owners will be probably um, shaking their head a bit and saying, well, the bread and butter races at the bottom, they haven't been given the big lift um, but look, we can't please everyone, and I think we've just got to get on board now and um, promote the industry and support our current board and and go from there. My biggest issue will be after that five-year period, so see how we're going. Bernard, in, t- in terms of A, your workshop on, on Sunday, and, and B... Yep. Is there is there room to move? Are they are they kind of up for negotiations in terms of making any changes, or is this the final product? We've been dealt with it, and we have to just go with the flow. Oh, I don't think it's the final. This document is will be set in concrete. Um, discussions, which I will probably be having with Bruce, is um, ensuring that we do have a commercial agreement, whether it's with Ian Tain or the TAB going forth. Over that five-year period, uh, you know, the question I ask is, we've got the stakes set in stone for the next five years, but if Entain and their products increase stakes above what they're distributing to us, we need that share straight away at six months or or, or 12 months, and we need to um, 
meatless lamb and a grass lamb uh, if that comes to fruition. Yeah, now that might be interesting. That might be hard to do, Bernard. I'm sure you appreciate because that's yeah. all done. I mean, that deal is signed. So they've insured it for five years. Your point around uh, longevity and what happens after the five years is a really good one. I actually totally agree with what you say around this is an opportunity. How do you maximise this pot of gold to make sure it's not a sugar rush and that you can actually have sustainability here? I guess from your perspective, what you're hearing from your owners that you, you talk to, is there confidence that the, the right – you say you want to back the board and, and that sort of thing. I do too, and I've got no reason not to really – is there confidence that you're hearing the right noises, that they understand and, and that everybody is, as I say, rowing in the same direction on this one as far as sustainability and longevity goes? Uh, we'll, we'll have some owners who are not rowing in the same direction. Um, there's always people who have their opinions. But overall, I believe that um, the high percentage of people who invest in Race New Zealand have to have faith in your leadership. Uh, and go forth. I think the leadership in terms of Farabed Racing has improved a lot from the previous years. Um, it's a bit more transparent, mm-hmm. and they are and they are discussing matters with the recognised industries. Um, you know, I'm not just on the Owners Federation. I'm also part of the Members Council. So we interact with the board of NZTR on a continuous basis. Now, you do get a lot of owners who are still trying to say that we're not getting enough, we're not getting heard. Um, but they, sometimes you've got to realise that um, owners in the coalface don't see the documentation going across the table and actually seeing the figures and what is really happening at a governance level. Okay, you, Sometimes you can't explain to an owner in plain language where we're, where we're going and where we're heading. Um, they just have to have the confidence that the people in those positions have um, got racing at their heart. And I believe the current board have got racing at their heart. And we've got a lot of good people and trainers out there and um, breeders and other owners um, who, who will stick with racing in New Zealand. I know some who have gone and invested in Australia, but, you know, it's a higher cost and a higher risk. Um, you know, I was one of them a few years ago. I invested in horses in Australia and in Singapore, but now I'm solely with New Zealand. Um, and I took it to myself to get involved and become a member of the local owners association and work my way up to where I am today, so I could have a voice on behalf of owners. Um, we're here. Um, I'm not going to stand back. I will ask the questions um, through the members' council of the board. And I respect them, they listen to me, and I will listen to them. We might not always agree, but um, at least uh, we have a plan now going forth, and uh, I'm quite appreciative of the, the board at this time. I tend to agree with what you're saying around the, the leadership, and like, at the heart of it, Dean Shannon, the boss of Intain, is a racing man. He loves harness racing. Owns many horses. He loves all, all racing. Uh, Bruce Sharrock, obviously, with his uh, family ties, is yeah. deep ingrained in it. Um, so I, I do think that there's enough people in the right spots. I don't, I'm interested to know. We spoke to Cameron George yesterday, and he kind of alluded to that his time was coming to an end. So be interested to see who is the new chair of NZTR whenever that comes up. Just on this document, I, look, horse ownership is a really interesting one for yeah. people Matt and I's age. Um, People in their 20s and 30s, it is hard, Bernard, as you'd be aware, to convince them that spending money on a horse is in their best interest at 
the absolute face of it. Like, it is... Matt, would you agree? It's 100%. It is hard to rationalise that in this climate. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I think I've we all agree... Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, look, I've, I've said... Look, I just... At the face of it, it's not a priority. So in this document, it says, promotion of horse ownership, horse ownership experience, effectively communicating the excitement of race ownership through leveraging influencers, celebrities, and shared experiences with increased social media presence. Will not do it. Cannot cut it. You cannot... not disagreeing with you, you. You cannot rely on influencers to convince a young person that spending... $500 a month on a percentage of a horse is the right thing for their for their uh, fiscal kind of responsibilities. Would you disagree, Matt? No, I agree. I'm not, Especially I'm not when we don't have that cash. No, I know you're not disagreeing, but I just, just, thought I'd just yeah. get Matt's take and then we'll come to you. Yeah, I think, you know, if when you're in your, say, 20 to 30-year-old period, you're trying to buy a house, some people have student loans, we have a lot of expenses with inflation obviously going up, so there's not a lot of money left over, but I guess we do have money left over, it's how do we take that and still get the same thrill of, say, a 1% share versus a one a 100% share? Do we need to take a different approach? People like you and I, is our avenue through syndication and are we doing syndication the right way, I guess? Is the- well, look, I, I, I think that's the right, that's the right, we're heading in the right direction with that kind of thought, train of thought, Bernard, but what I'm saying is now the 1% share you're still going to find in 500, which is an arbitrary number I pulled out, whatever 1% is for however who trains your horse, that money is now probably not going to a horse. There's just, there's more important things for people to spend money on in this climate. And I don't think relying on influences and social media presence is a strategic, I don't look at that statement as a strategic uh, mindset. I just... It, it doesn't wash with me, Bernard. And as the head of the Owners' Federation, I don't want to get this too serious, but I kind of have, have now, now I've started thinking about it. That concerns me, actually. Yeah, yeah it, it is one area I picked out of the document also um, and, and I find it hard to come to grips with. Um, trying to get um, what makes a difference what your age you are or it is, but ownership, increasing ownership is always hard because, you know, people have down to their last, Dollar. Um, That's right. People can't afford can't afford to invest into ownership by going to Caraca and um, trying to buy a five percent Bashir and a horse which was cost about seven hundred thousand. Um, there are other ways to get people involved. You know, I agree that syndicates is there, but um, a lot of horses come back from the stables and the sales, and lease lease options are, are, are an option also to get people into the industry. Um, leasing a horse and to have, not have in the initial outlay to buy it is another option. Um, and I don't think it's widely publicised that much that what horses through studs or breeders are available. Um, and then usually um, those kind of situations are, are taken up pretty quickly, uh, but they're the same people again, the same people who have already got ownership. Uh, yet I do agree with what your statement, and I, had, I did read that um, clause, um, and that's what NZTR somehow have got to work on, and I'm hoping to work with them and our association how we can increase people's participation in racing. Um, you uh, know, yeah. I, I know, we've got slow shares and we enjoy it day after day. Um, it's kind of, 
we've got to sit down and have a think tank and say, how can we get more people involved? Because the more people we get involved, it's better for the industry as a whole. I think it's going to take a real break, a chain in thinking. Like, we, we have to really look at this um, sideways. Like, we're going to have to flip the thinking here. Uh, look, lease, leasing is, is a real, it's a, for me, that is a bright spot. There's a light at the tunnel in leasing. There's something in that. I don't have the answers, Bernard. I, I don't, obviously, not expecting you to come up with them right on the spot now. I don't think Matt does. I don't think NZTR does. That's the point. I just think that we collectively, if we look at, you mentioned before, what happens five in five years' time and onwards. It's just not sustainable. It just isn't as far as ownership, getting the next generation into it at the moment. Um, and it, it's going to take a, a real, as I say, break the chain of thought to, to kind of come up with something that is different, that makes it affordable. Because people your age, Bernard, and I don't want to assume your age, but <laughs> eventually um, there's a generation of horse owners that, you know, in 20, 30, 40, 50 years, they're not going to be around anymore, right? That's correct. And, where do, and who getting, young, that, who, and, who and getting young ones on the race course is hard. It's not hard well, to get people on the race course. It's, that's nothing. We can get that. But get them involved is another thing. Yeah, totally agree. Hey, here's a text for you. Um, do we really need three $1 million races on the same night? Bit excessive, isn't it? Give another town a big race to build a meeting around, in my opinion. I appreciate that opinion. I would say that it's not, it not, it's not excessive. It is the gold standard i think we need to have nights like karaka million night put them up in absolute lights and say this is what we can be what about you Bernard? i'm not disagreeing um i've been there i had the first favorite for the karaka million back in 2007 but look um i, I agree that um the karaka million is a great stage for showcasing new zealand racing i uh, just got to get it back to the same date prior to um karaka sales um, to t- and leverage off it, but having that for your race, I think it's a good idea. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that more of these incentive races, or looking at some of our carnivals uh, and around the country, and getting an, an innovative race as part of that, is the way to go. We've got to um, get back participation and get back people in the regions getting involved, um, and that's the only way you're going to succeed with racing in the future. Yep. I appreciate your thoughts there. Uh, all right, Bernard, we'll no. let you crack on with your Saturday. You got any horses going around today? Um, no. Um, the only thing I'd probably horse I'd probably tip is probably probably time too much is Wheel It In at race four in Arapuni. I think it will continue going on. It's a very good horse. Good winter galloper. I don't know what it's paying. I haven't looked, but um, I'm, I'm hoping it continues on. Okay. Appreciate your thoughts there. It's Bernard Hickey. Yeah. Um, he's even tipped us one at the end. How, we didn't even ask. It's just fantastic. And he's the head of the Owners Association. Kind of surprised myself there. I kind of went off on a bit of a, a little. I got a bit ranty. Sorry, Matt. I just just kind of all came to me at once that I think we are underestimating the ownership aspect of racing as something that in ten, twenty years, if it carries on like it is, there just won't be us around. Mm. It's a heavy, heavy conversation to have, <laughs> it is. isn't it? It's, it's a bit dense for right now, but you know, it is. There's arguments both ways and where does the resolution lie well, is the big question. And what I kind of came to is it's not even in sight at the moment. You and I both need to win lotto so we can go out and buy 10 horses. Kind Each, of. Pretty much. Hmm.